Welcome to our first time together in 2017, following another Christmas season. And Pastor Joel Hunter at Northland said this in one of their Christmas Eve services. Christmas is not just about a celebration of the past, because actually it's inauguration of the future. And it's an invitation to change particularly your future. Thus, it doesn't just celebrate a historical event, but coming into the world, Christ didn't mean for it to be an event that was going to be memorialized. Rather, he meant for it to expand our lives and for it to be something that would change us and that it would also change the world. Let me ask you a question. Is Christ bigger in your life this year than last year? And is your faith in your life this year any bigger than it was last year? Pastor Joel went on to tell the story of a little girl who with her family had begun each year to go and look at homes that are decorated for Christmas. And after several years, she noticed something in each of the nativity scenes that piqued her curiosity. So when she got home, her grandmother asked, how did you like what you saw? And she said, oh, it was so beautiful, but I do have something that's bugging me. And the grandmother asked, what is it? And the little girl said, is baby Jesus ever going to get any bigger? He's the same size this year as he was last year. And so the question for you and I again is this. Is Jesus going to get any bigger in your life this year than last year? And is your faith going to get any bigger in your life this year than last year? Because you know what happens around the first of the year. It begins we all get this kind of urge or this desire for some things in life to change. But I have a question. How do you do that? Well, the world's answer to that is to make a New Year's resolution to do that. And here's what a survey has to say about that. Well, the end of December is time to think about goals for the coming year. Weight loss and exercise are typically the most popular New Year's resolutions. But this year, being a better person tops the list. How about that? Being a better person, becoming a better person, is the top resolution for 2017. But again, how do you do that? Here's what an expert has to say. And I was thinking about that, how it's now our number one resolution to be a better person, which is great and noble. But you need to get specific. If you want to make this a reality in the next year, you need to go to a cafe. You need to take a couple hours out and define what being a better person is to you. So you don't want to be vague. You want to be specific. You want it to be measurable. You want it to be attainable. You want it to be realistic. And you want it to be time sensitive. So, in other words, to become a better person this year, you have to figure out, number one, what becoming a better person means for you personally. And then secondly, thirdly, fourthly, fifthly, and sixthly, you have to figure out specifically, measurably, attainably, realistically, and in a time-sensitive way, actually how to do that. So no wonder most New Year's resolutions fail. You see, God made you for a purpose. And that purpose is not just about what we already know. But the question is, what's the next bit of progress in moving you towards God's purpose for your life? Because that's what the New Year is really about. In the book, Never Split the Difference, it says, look for the unexpected. Always look for the unexpected. Because many of us, as we head into this new year, are going to be facing circumstances we've probably never faced before. And we're not really going to be sure how to navigate them because they're going to be very different from any place that we've ever been before. But the principle in this book says, 
be glad. Be glad what you've done in your life that's constructive. But you should never rest in that and let it mask what it is that you are yet to do. Because God made you for a purpose. And ultimately, that's our number one quest in life. Trying to figure out what God's purpose for my life is. Why am I really here? And how do I ever find out? Now, the world, it's going to constantly throw things at you to keep you from finding out. Firstly, it's going to keep you distracted with all the stuff that's going on around you in life. So you won't even think to ask yourself these questions. Secondly, if you do get past the distractions to actually think about them, then the world is going to frustrate you that you're not going to be able to fully right now find out what your purpose is and how, as we saw earlier, how to specifically, measurably, attainably, realistically, in a time-sensitive way, figure out what your purpose is and how to attain it. And that's the battle that's constantly going on within you and me that most of us aren't aware of. We don't even see. But most of us, after the holidays, are much more concerned about other battles, like recovering from the holidays or paying all those holiday bills or even the battle of the bulge in pounds and inches with all those extra holiday meals and food. But the real key in this new year are the battles that are going on within you. If you want to have a better physical health this year, you're going to have to fight for it. You're not just going to wake up one morning and have this wonderful six-pack abs. It's a constant fight for balance in your life. In fact, I just heard about a person who was unhappy with their bank's customer service because they asked the teller to check their balance And the teller, surprisingly, reached over the counter and gave them a shove to see if they'd stumble. You see, life's like that. It's constantly, surprisingly giving us shoves, trying to knock us out of balance. And in that fight for balance this year, we need to tip the scales decidedly in the direction of our faith and growing in our faith. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote these words to Timothy, his dear friend and partner in ministry, saying, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And this is one of the primary themes in Scripture. And this theme is also described in words like conquer, strive, battle, overcome, victory. In a very real sense, these are terms of war. And just as there's lots of battles that happen in a war, so too with you and me, there are lots of battles and are fighting the good fight and moving us closer towards the purpose of our life. Here are three really quick ones. The first is the battle between love and selfishness. Now, James 4th chapter, verse 1 in the message tells us this. Where do appalling things come from? They come about because you want your own way and you fight for them deep within yourself. Now, one of the antidotes towards always wanting to have things your own way is humility. And selfishness, think about this, every irritation sticks right to you. It's like super glue. But in humility, every potential irritation loses its adhesion and its traction, and it so easily slides right off. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. Rather, it's thinking less about yourself. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 in the New Century Version say this, When you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble, not interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. If you were to just do this one thing, let love overcome your selfishness, you would have an amazingly different year. 
Amazingly different. And that could open you up to whatever those next things are that God has for you in pursuing his purpose for your life. That's the battle between love and selfishness within. And here's the second battle that we all fight within. It's the battle between forgiveness and unforgiveness and all the things that unforgiveness heaps upon you, like bitterness and anger, anxiety, hatred, discouragement, depression. The fact of life is, my friends, this next year you're going to be hurt. You're going to be hurt by people. You're going to be hurt by things. And you can't control that. But what you do have control over, 100% control over, is how long you hurt. That's totally your choice because you can either hold on to hurt and resentment or you can let go of hurt in forgiveness. It's totally up to you. Just like Elsa in the movie Frozen. What's the song she sings? Let it go, let it go, let it go. It's true because holding on only perpetuates the pain while letting go brings you great gain. Hebrews twelve fifteen in the Living Bible tells us, Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. The deep trouble here is all the negative consequences that come from unforgiveness and impacts growth in our life of faith, puts the brakes on the next steps in our pursuing the true purpose of our life. And that is the battle between forgiveness and unforgiveness and all the consequences it brings. And a third battle we'll face this year is the battle between what's right and what's easy. Every day we're faced with the decision, am I going to do the easy things, which are convenient, comfortable, which feel good at the time, or am I going to do what's right? Galatians 5.17 in the Revised Standard Version puts it like this. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you intend to do. How often do you find yourself there? Your flesh is out of control, having you simply doing feel-good things rather than doing the right things. Yes, I only do what feels good. And there's a word for that. Actually, it's preschooler. And the maturity, on the other hand, doing the right thing is not necessarily what just feels good. But it's so very easy, isn't it? Just end up doing what's easy over what's right. And honestly, some mornings, man, I don't even feel like getting out of bed, especially on a freezing morning like today, getting up and having to come and talk to you guys. Just kidding. But it would have been nice to sleep in this morning. It would have been easy, but it wouldn't have been the right thing. So ask yourself in this new year, what do I need to do today that's going to get me where I want to be tomorrow? What do I need to do in the next eight hours that's going to get me to where I want to be tomorrow? Because you're never going to get there by just doing what feels good today. That's the battle between what's easy and what's right. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 in the Living Bible says this, I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. And so which is easier? Obviously, shadow boxing and playing around. Like the person whose 2016 resolution last year was to lose 10 pounds, who now at the beginning of 2017 says they only have 15 more pounds to go. They've gone completely in the wrong direction. And so when it comes to your faith getting bigger in your life this year, are you going to just shadow box or are you going to fight to win? 
Fight to win more of Jesus in your life. Fight to win more of the power of his faith in your life. So what does it actually look like? Well, let me give you a few hints. This year, with God's help, I am going to fight for a closer walk with God. I'm going to fight for real spiritual growth. I'm going to fight for a daily one-on-one time with God. I'm going to fight for real hope over despair and real victory over fear. I'm going to fight for what is your greatest need with God. Because honestly, if you don't have something to fight for in the spiritual arena of your life, you're not going to get there. And you're not really living. And that's not God's purpose for your life. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. But what's true of every single fight? Well, firstly, there's something to fight for. And secondly, there's something to fight with. In a fist fight, you fight with your fist. In a sword fight, you fight with a sword. In the battle for Christ and your faith to grow bigger in your life this year, which is what you're fighting for, here's what you are to fight with. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 in the New Century Version points us in that direction. We do live in the world, but we do not fight the same way the world fights. What does that mean? Well, it means we don't fight with fists and swords and bombs and bullets. What do we fight with? Well, we fight with weapons that are different from those that the world uses. Our weapons have power from God. You know, I have a friend who recently told me that he really likes to go to the gun range and shoot several of the guns he has. He also shared with me, though, I really am uncomfortable about having him around the house. So I keep my guns locked up on one side of the house. I keep the ammo locked up on the other side of the house. He said, you know, somebody actually broke in and threatened my family. I'd have no way to defend myself, even though I have everything I needed right there in the house. I think it's very much the same way it is for us. When it comes to what we have to fight the good fight of faith with in our lives as we head into a new year. We have all the things with us all the time, but somehow they remain just out of reach and just beyond our functional use. And so my challenge to you this year is as you begin this new year, change that to get bigger Christ and bigger faith in your life in this year, which is what you're fighting for. You need to get ultimately and intimately in touch with what you are fighting with. And here are three things to use in fighting the good fight of faith. We see the first in Romans 10:17 in the New King James Version. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the one thing you use to fight the good fight of faith, so Christ and your faith can get bigger in the year is the word of God. Now notice there that it says hearing and hearing. Why does it say that? It's because for the word of God to be a force in your life, you got to hear it again and again. Not just occasionally. And while I assume most of you have at least one Bible in your house, if it remains closed there, then it's no different than my friend whose guns are locked up on one side of the house, ammo on the other side of the house. For them to be used, he's got to go and lock both sides and load them and put them together. And for the word of God to be a force in your life, you have to go and unlock that cover and put what's inside it together with your eyes and your heart and your spirit. For it to be effective, because God's word is food for your very soul. And like food for your body, you need to be fed daily in your spirit as well. Let me illustrate how to do that. One way is to pick up one of these. This is the Daily Bread Devotional Guide. They're on the back table. They're by the back door. And pick it up because inside it, there's a short bit of God's word. I want to share with you what it has to say today on January 8th. A man driving a pickup truck on a country road saw a woman carrying a heavy load. So he stopped and offered her a lift. 
thanks and climbed in the back of the truck. A moment later, the man noticed a strange thing. The woman was still holding her heavy load despite sitting in the vehicle. Astonished, he pleaded, ma'am, please put down the load and take your rest. My truck can carry you and your stuff. Just relax. And what do we do with the load of fear and worry and anxiety we often carry as we go through life's many challenges? Well, instead of relaxing in the Lord, I sometimes behave like that woman. Jesus said in Matthew, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And yet I've caught myself carrying burdens that I should offload onto Jesus. There's a prayer at the bottom. It says, I'm tired, Lord, and I bring you this burden today. Keep them and carry them for me. And you see, that took about one minute to read. So what you need to do is add a minute more to that and think about what burdens that you need to stop carrying around and lift them to Jesus. You might also think about Burdens you know that your friends or your family are carrying around and lift those people and their burdens to God. Two minutes a day and your faith will grow bigger this year. Other ways of doing that include reading some of the stories in the Bible. You could read a chapter each day. We all have these guides that can help you do that and show you where the stories in the Bible are. That's five minutes a day. And also back in the Daily Bread, they even have a guide to show you how through reading daily... You can read through the whole Bible in just one year at about 15 minutes a day. But to hear the word of God each day, as the scripture says, you have to figure out a set time every day to make it a habit that you won't miss to hear God's word. Jesus did it every morning. And I do it first thing every morning. It works best for me before I eat breakfast, before I turn on the morning news. For you, it could be a lunch break at work where you kind of get off and find a place to get off by yourself to hear God's word in one of these ways. Maybe it's an evening for you. You have a daily special time and a place in your house you set aside to hear God's word. Well, that's the first thing to fight with for Jesus and your faith to get bigger in your life this year. Now, here's the second. It's from First Chronicles 16:11 in the New International Version. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. In other words, think about God all throughout your day. Think about the thoughts you had when you maybe heard his word that morning or at lunch. Or if you look at it at night, then write down a short word or phrase. You can look at the next day so you can remember that thought throughout your day with God. First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us this. Always keep praying. In other words, always keep the line open with God about things that you think about and you're hearing God's word each day. Things that are going on in your day. Keep the line open about maybe someone you encounter who looks like they really need encouragement. Lift them up. Or you need to keep the line open to how God, maybe some way I can make a difference today. And the scripture also says, no matter what happens, be thankful. Keep your focus on God, on the fullness of your life, and not on its emptiness. So for Christ and your faith to get bigger in 2017, fight by hearing and hearing the word of God each day in one of these ways. Fight by thinking of God and praying to God throughout each day. And thirdly, as Philippians 1.30 in the Living Bible tells us, we are in this fight together. We are in this fight together. In other words, we fight by sharing our spiritual journey with others. We're not to go it alone. You guys probably know I go surfing a lot with my friend Jamie. And in our two-hour round-trip drive to the beach, we talk about surfing about the conditions, about this wave or that wave that we had. 
We talk about equipment and gear and what the forecast says so we can go next. But that's not all we talk about. We also talk about what's going on in our lives. We talk about our families. We talk about our faith. We talk about God. And in that way, we share the stuff of our lives with each other. And that sharing and that encouragement makes such a big difference in our lives. Because, you see, we're not to go through our lives and our journeys of faith alone. We're to share our journey of faith with others. So get together with a friend to regularly do that. Find someone, someone who you can talk with about what's going on in your life and what's going on with you and God. And do that regularly. It might be a friend you share an interest with, like Jamie and I. could be someone you have some other kind of connection to. It might be somebody you can connect with over lunch once a week. Or perhaps just even connect on the telephone regularly. Of course, one of the best ways to do that is through a small group. So let me give you a taste of that right now. Our small group format is quite simple. We start with the question, what's going on in your life? And that's always open-ended. For the sake of time and illustration right now, though, can someone share with me something really good that's happened in your life recently? Chris. Chris had entire family over for Christmas dinner, and some of them haven't gotten together in years. And you can talk a little bit more about that and share that, and it would be really cool to hear that. And most people right now, I look around and kind of smile. It just impacted them, like, cool. Well, here on the other side of things, can someone share something that's maybe kind of tough that they've been dealing with lately? Well, I guess for me, I will share the fact that I've hurt my knee. I've been laid up in bed. Every time I get up to walk, it hurts. As I talk about that, some faces are kind of going like, oh. So that's one thing that happens in a small group. Another thing that happens in a small group, we also have Bible study. We read from the Bible and we together talk about what we read. And on the screen right there, this is from last week's study in Exodus. This is after God sends numerous plagues to Egypt and the Pharaoh will not let the Israelites go. This is Exodus 10:28 in the New International Version. Pharaoh said to Moses, get out of my sight. Do not appear before me again. The day you see my face, you will die. And so the question is, why didn't someone earlier in Egypt threaten to kill Moses during one of the earlier plagues that was ruining Egypt? Why didn't somebody try to kill him earlier? Why would that be? What would you think? God didn't allow it. God was protecting him. And so the question would come out of that is, can someone share how you maybe saw God protecting you at one time in your life, one place in your life? Anyone? Well, one time my daughter and I were scuba diving. My dad had us off his boat. We had a dive flag up so he could follow us around as we're swimming underwater. And I had bought a new dive flag because the old one was so big it didn't fit in my bag. The new float wasn't so good that it actually floated. We start to surface, and I'm looking, and the dive flag's like lower than I am. And so we start swimming up to the surface, and I'm reeling in the flag. And underwater, you can hear sounds of boats when they get close but not far away. So as we're getting close to the surface, I hear this... We're probably four feet from the surface, heading up. But all of a sudden, whoom! Boat came by. I saw the propeller spinning right over my head. Geared the everything out of me. And so as we held there, I looked at her, and my daughter's eyes were this big, and I said, that's the closest I've come to dying. God saved me. God protected me. And I'm sure you can think about some times that God has saved you. And I can see now most of you are just kind of shaking your head and smiling. That's what happens in small group when we share our life of faith together. It's an awesome, awesome thing. And when we do it in small group, the sharing is voluntary. No one gets called on to answer anything. It's a safe place. You can just come and listen. And obviously, 
Everyone's invited to come to our small group this next week, Tuesday night at our house. But I want to encourage you as you begin this new year to fight the good fight of faith. Not to shadow box, not to play around with getting Christ and your faith bigger in your life this year. And you do that by winning the battles of selfishness versus love. The battles of unforgiveness versus forgiveness. The battles of doing what's easy instead of doing what's right. And you'll win those battles by hearing the word of God daily in your life in some way. By thinking of and praying to God throughout each day. And by sharing your spiritual journey in life with another or others, individually or in a small group. And there's actually a good piece of advice the expert we heard from earlier has for us, and it's this. You say anticipate failure. That's an important part of that is resolution. That is. So it takes three months to get a new behavior, a new habit set. So in your head, you need to mentally prepare for those setbacks and ask yourself what happened, and then recommit every time you have a failure. Indeed. Remember, you too will have some setbacks and some failures. None of us is perfect. None of us is immune, which is why Psalm 44.3 in the Living Bible tells us, They didn't conquer by their own skill, but by your mighty power, because you smiled on them and favored them. In these words, God smiled on them and favored them is the Old Testament term for grace. So don't let your setbacks, let your failures cause you to abandon the good fight of faith for Jesus and your faith to get bigger in your life this year. Let me say all of our scribbles, all of our mistakes, God can use to make you into the masterpiece he sees in you as you'll see here. I've heard it. You've heard it. It's time for a new beginning. Time to start a fresh page or paint a new picture with our life. Sounds great in theory, but it can seem impossible. Life is messy. The lines have gotten blurred. Maybe we just don't know where to start. We look at the canvas of our lives and see mistake after mistake. It's overwhelming. When I look at my life with these messy lines and scribbles, it makes me think, is this as good as it gets? There's no eraser that can make this life make sense. What if there was someone that could make sense of our mess? They could take all our scribbles, all our mistakes, all our missed opportunities, and make them into a masterpiece. And then I remember, there is Jesus. He gives us a new life. Every day is new. Every day is a blank canvas full of possibility and promise. He takes our canvases, our lives that have been filled up with shortcomings, secrets, tragedies, and embarrassments, and he helps them make sense. When I look at the canvas of my life and I see nothing but disorder and chaos, I have to remember this. God is not a God of disorder. He's a God of peace. And you know what? He wants to take my hand and bring peace to the canvas of my life. As we seek to make our mark, let us give God all our scribbles, all our mistakes, all our hurts, 
and trust that he will turn our messy lives into a masterpiece. His masterpiece. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for another year, for opportunities to grow beyond where we've been. Help us to choose love over selfishness, forgiveness over unforgiveness, what's right over what's easy. And help us to do so by putting your word daily into our lives, by thinking of and praying to you all throughout our day, by sharing our spiritual journey with others individually or in a small group. And in that way, may you, Lord Jesus, grow bigger. And may my faith grow bigger in 2017. Thank you for this amazing opportunity, and thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.